There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Surfcast, Mobile Surf's Canadian tech-focused podcast. We've, we've been gone for a bit. It's been a little while. We go on a bit of a summer hiatus, but we're back and we're talking about all things 5G. This week's episode is sponsored by Bell and it's tied to Mobile Syrup's upcoming full-length documentary on 5G set, that's set to air on BBC Earth Canada and the BBC channel through Amazon Prime on August 26th at 9pm. It'll also be on Mobile Syrup at some point shortly after it airs on, on TV and streaming services. So you'll you'll be able to check it out on the internet. I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. He's once again across the internet from me. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm good. I'm back home and I'm ready to talk about the fifth dimension, you know. The fifth dimension. I like that. It's good. It's good. I also like your mic. You got a nice mic this week. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we've podcasted since I've been to Utah for the Cadillac event, but this was a little Cadillac swag bag thing, which was a fun item to have in a bag because it's very useful. It looks like an old tiny newscaster mic. Yeah. No, it does sound good. Yeah. I need it to be like, oh, I shouldn't be touching it, but I need it to be, oh, geez. <laughs> I need it to it's be like, disconnect you know, like, a, now. like a boxing thing, you know? Like I can yeah, like yeah. Hang it from like, the ceiling. All right, let's pod. That's the dream. Cool, cool. And of course, we have John, our resident carrier expert on the podcast to join us this week. How are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm a little tired. Um, last time I was on the pod, I was not a father. And now I am a father. So, you know, some some major life events there. Uh, but I no longer get sleep. And that is that is my existence at this time. Will that make you a better podcaster? Maybe. I don't know. I'm hyped up on caffeine, so maybe I'll talk too fast. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. I like your lights in the background too. That that's gonna be Thank my you. new thing. I'm just gonna pick out like one different thing from every person's background and ask them about it. Nice. Also yeah, hiding they're, crazy. They're things. nice. They're very uh flashy flashy nano leaf all right let's get into it um this episode in this like very mini series that we're doing um i kind of wanted to just focus on what 5g is on a very base level because i think it's something that we see on the internet something that we see on social media it's something that we see like ads everywhere like 5g upgrade to 5g from every carrier bell telus rogers etc it's in like all the phone names now. Like it's not the OnePlus 10 Pro. It's the OnePlus 10 Pro 5G, baby. I Every time every time somebody on the mobile serve team adds that to the name of the phone, I like die inside a little bit and then I delete it. Like I will never put the, 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 the like, I don't care if it's the name of like whatever new Samsung phone it is. I will always delete the 5G. It just seems so silly to me. Yeah. I think the only time I was okay adding the 5G term was when I wrote about the Pixel 4a 5G because there's also a Pixel 4a and the only difference between the two was that one of them had 5G and was a bigger screen. 
So I hate it. I hate it. No, I think it, it had um, a lot of differences beyond that, but they really shoehorned us into having to put 5G in the name for that one. We really didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Some websites did it too. Like some like big tech blogs were just putting 5G in the name. I, I hated it. It was a bad time. It was a bad era. We're still in it, Pat. Yeah, I know. We're still in it. Okay, <laughs> 5G. It's a term that's thrown around a lot. John, when I was preparing to be in the 5G documentary that I kind of mentioned off the top, I leaned on you pretty heavily to um, offer like analogies and context as to like how to explain what 5G is beyond it's just faster. Do you want to like, do you want to take ownership of those things that I basically stole from you and, and talked about in a documentary and explain it in your own words? Yeah, uh, totally. I can, I'll just go over really quickly what 5G is, um, just at a basic level. It refers to uh, fifth generation network technology, which includes a variety of different technologies and capabilities that will generally increase the capacity and speed of mobile networks while also lowering latency. Um, but that's like really like a very basic uh, look at it. 5G is an, an umbrella term for a ton of different things and will... You know, a lot of people stop at the, oh, 5G is just going to make things faster because, yeah, it will, but there's a lot more than that. And it's going to enable a ton of different technologies that are emerging and probably some that we don't even know about yet. Like, if you look at the ads that we see on TV, like I was at my parents for like basically a week. I was working from there a couple of weeks ago, and it's one of the first times I've seen like cable TV ads in a long time. Um, and like when you see them from, the different carriers it, it really does just make it sound like it's faster internet like that's it that that's what 5g is um but there's also like different types of 5g correct john yeah um so yeah they're 5g kind of fits into three different types uh, i like to call them low band mid band and high band which basically just refers to the type of spectrum that the different 5G versions use. So low band 5G is not significantly different from 4G and 3G. It still uses spectrum that's uh, under 1000 megahertz. And, you know, that was primarily what was deployed in Canada first. Um, when most of the big three carriers did their 5G, it was that low band 5G. And in some cases, there was, you know, a bit of a speed bump there. But mostly there wasn't a huge difference uh, between that 5G and the 4G that was already available. Yeah, we, um, we covered that quite a bit on mobile setup. Yeah. Like just, it's, it was like, I don't know, maybe a 25% increase if you're lucky. Where I lived, specific, like where I live specifically in, in Burlington, um, I was actually getting like lower speeds with, with my carrier um, when I was on a 5G plane, which was, which was shocking. That was Can I hop my in experience with a too. Go for it. Um, so, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but so I'm, I guess this is kind of what I'm asking, but the existing 5G that's out, the sort of low band that you're talking about, is sort of the plus side of it, the fact that it is like more reliable, right? Like the faster bands are supposed to be like harder to get and need more infrastructure. But this band, because it's similar to 4G, is like it can go long distances. It's a fairly stable connection. Like it can go through buildings and stuff. That's sort of like the positives of it, right? Uh, not really. That more applies oh, okay. to mid-band, which I'll talk about okay, in okay. a few minutes. Honestly, low-band feels kind of like a stopgap between, okay, we want to do 5G, but we don't have any 5G spectrum, spectrum yet, but we do have all this you know, 4G spectrum 
that we've got. Let's market some of it as 5G. That's not, you know, that's like a little bit of an oversimplification. Oh, there's um, truth to it, though. That That is like, in if you zoom out, like that was the, that was what was happening, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this was something that primarily happened in the U.S., but a lot of carriers, before they even did any actual 5G stuff, they started changing the symbols on people's phones. You know, what, yep. when you're connected to the network, it says 4G, LTE, 3G, whatever. They started changing it so that it would say 5G or 5GE or something like that um, to kind of push that advertising of 5G, even on phones that didn't technically have 5G capabilities. Um, I don't know of any of that happening in Canada necessarily, no, but yeah, there was really that, here. that period of initial um, low band 5G that was basically just extra 4G spectrum. And I would say probably some of the speed boosts that people saw on that spectrum came from there just being less traffic on it because 4G and 3G spectrum is, you know, really used up. Um, it's not to say that it's like full, but there's a lot more traffic on it and it's handling the majority of, you know, mobile uh, devices um, in Canada and in other countries. Um, so there's just like a lot of traffic on it and getting one of the analogies that I've used is comparing uh, 5G networks to adding more lanes to a highway. Um, you add some extra lanes, you can now have more traffic on the highway. Um and then when you get into mid-band, mid-band 5G and uh, high-band 5G, that's also increasing the speed limit and the capacity of the cars, uh, which basically means you're getting way, way more throughput on all your extra lanes as well. So what mid-band 5G is specifically, um, it's also called sub-6, and it refers to spectrum that's below 6 gigahertz. Um, the best example of that being the 3,500 megahertz spectrum that was recently auctioned off by the federal government in Canada and has started rolling out in some regions. This spectrum really kind of runs the line between uh, high range, like what you have with 4G and 3G and low band 5G, and high speed, like what you get with high band uh, spectrum. So you, you still have pretty decent range but you also get a lot uh, faster speed, more bandwidth, lower latency, et cetera, et cetera. And then high band 5G or millimeter wave um, is really, really, really fast, but has super short range. Um, in some cases, as low as, you know, a couple hundred meters. Um, whereas, you know, mid band and low band 5G, you're talking kilometers, um, tens of kilometers, hundreds of kilometers, right? Millimeter wave is harder to get in phones too, right? Like only certain phones support it. And it's like, even, yeah. I, I don't know if this happens in Canada as much, but I think in the States it's like only certain phones, certain carriers, like certain models will have the millimeter wave wind, window or whatever it's called. And it's yeah. not really a thing yeah. in Canada at all, is it? Millimeter wave? It's No. As far as I know, there hasn't been any millimeter wave spectrum that's been auctioned off. Um, the focus in Canada has largely been on sub six. And that is kind of true for most countries, the U.S. being one of the few that yeah. pushed millimeter wave first, um, which is a little bit strange because, yeah, you can do some impressive stuff with millimeter wave, but it's really only practical in dense uh, urban environments where you can have, you know, a ton of basically micro towers and little stations on every street corner to, you know, really blanket the area with that hyper fast network. Um, but 
you're going to have a lot more, you know, interruptions because the range isn't as far. It gets, it's more easily interrupted by trees, walls, stuff like that. So to really make millimeter wave work well, you have to have a really dense uh, network coverage from your towers. The only thing that I really know about millimeter wave is like, I've seen tech bloggers and reporters and YouTubers and stuff like that in the US do like tests in New York where they'll do like a millimeter wave test on like one corner right beside a tower pointing their phone at the tower and then they'll go like one block over and their speed will drop from like one gig a second, like 30 MB per second or something like that, Um, which I think is like a pretty good example of the limitations of that particular type of 5G technology. Mm -hmm. Like even somewhere where New York where some of the the like US based carriers like Verizon or whatever are putting up those those towers there's there's still not enough infrastructure to facilitate that type of 5G. Mhm. And uh, you know as 5G networks mature um that will get better but yeah in the early days of 5G uh because the US did that push towards millimeter wave first you know all the carriers put out these 5G stations or 5G towers um they're not like in, in urban environments, at least, what I've seen is they're not like your traditional cell phone tower that's like a big tower. They're like these little boxes yeah, basically little that they mount things, on the yeah. side of a building or on, you know, light posts and stuff like that, traffic lights and whatnot. Um, and so the idea is you have a bunch of these really small, you know, 5G stations spread out all over the city to give you that more reliable coverage when you're in the city. Um, and then mid-band slash sub six that kind of fills in the gaps where it's a little bit slower um but it's more reliable you have that speed still cool yeah so i i really wanted to focus this episode just on high level like what 5g is i know we very briefly talk about talked about 3500 megahertz i want to get into that in the next episode and like how we as a team at mobile syrup kind of view that as like the real 5g in the context of canada um, but one of the things I wanted to ask you, John, I like, we, we've talked about, and then this is something that the documentary gets into quite a bit. Um, we, we've talked about like how 5g on a very base level, it means faster internet on your phone, right? Like that's, that's the thing it, it which unlocks different things for your device. What sort of things beyond the phone or even on the phone itself can 5g facilitate? Like, from a tech perspective, it's about a little bit more than just speed, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot uh, going on with uh, 5G in terms of stuff beyond speed. Um, some of the stuff that I would still say is kind of pie in the sky, future thinking. Oh, it all is. So much of it um, is. like it's it's. Yeah, I, I won't get into yeah. it, but yeah, continue. Um, so there's a little bit of kind of sifting through the noise and thinking about, okay, what are, you know, practical, actual applications that we're going to see in the near future? What are things that might be practical once 5G is mature and we have, you know, wide, reliable, broad coverage um, in Canada? But yeah, you know, speed is going to be a big part. Um, but some of the other things include reduced latency, which is going to have a huge impact on things like game streaming and VR slash the metaverse. Yeah. Um, so with game streaming, for example, um, it differs from video streaming in that you your inputs have to go back to the server. So when you stream a video, it just comes from the server to your device, and that's it. When you stream a game, 
you're playing the game, you're interacting. So your button presses and everything have to be going back to the server, registering the game updates based on your input. That video comes back to your device, right? So it's this constant cycle of back and forth. Um, and so latency is going to be a huge, huge factor there where if you have a really, really low latency, it's going to feel more seamless. It's going to feel like you're actually playing the game on your device. Whereas if you play on a low late or on a high latency connection, sorry, um, that's going to make it feel really disjointed. There's going to be delays between your input and what you see on screen. Um, so latency is going to be a, a really big one and that's going to affect other applications too. you know, drones, for example, autonomous vehicles, stuff like that. Anything that requires a really, really fast, um, response time from a remote connection. Um, another benefit will be increased bandwidth. That's going to mean better coverage in crowded areas, for example, concerts, sporting events, stuff like that. Um, 5G should enable better coverage, more reliable coverage when you're in those types of environments because it'll be able to handle a larger crowd, a larger group of people connected to the network at one time. Um, and, you know, wireless home internet, uh, internet of things, stuff like that. There's plenty of different applications out there. And these are some of the ones that I would say are a little bit more realistic and less pie in the sky than some of the other stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah they... sort of like a, a lead off of it is just like sort of 5G. It's not necessarily kickstarting this stuff because it's all happening and has been happening for a while, but it's coming in at the right time alongside like Thread and Matter and all these other, you know, autonomous vehicle stuff like there's just this sort of overarching trend in the industry that everything needs to be connected and needs to talk to itself or talk better together. I was even listening to another podcast and they were talking about like sort of Amazon buying iRobot because it allowed them to like connect the home. My worst nightmare. So it's about this. Pardon? It's my worst nightmare that yeah. all the, the iRobot um, devices I have, I, I, re I won't get into it, but I really didn't. I really don't want them to be owned by Amazon. I hate it. Um, but yeah, it's just like this overarching trend of the world is like we've reached this point of technology, but to take it much further, it seems like we really need to start like linking things together in way more seamless ways. And it seems like 5G and all these like smart home communications that you I think we're getting into, like lead into and are like going to allow in the next, you know, three to five years, probably. And that's that's really probably the biggest thing with 5G that I think doesn't get talked about as much. You know, the focus in terms of marketing tends to be speed, speed, speed. It's going to be faster. It's going to be better, you know. Um, but that interconnectedness, I think, is a pretty big um, benefit that 5G is going to bring that doesn't get talked about as much, right? And, you know, I, I hear people talking about, you know, they're imagining future smart cities where your your traffic lights are smart, your cars are smart, yep. your waste disposal is smart your buildings are smart and it's all connected by this mesh 5g network and everything's communicating with everything else. And then you have these experiences where, you know, you're driving home, you pass the the stop sign near your home and then it pings your house that you're almost there. And then it turns on your air conditioning or your heat or whatever, sends a reminder to your phone to take out the garbage, all that kind of stuff. And that I think gets a little bit more into the pie in the sky territory, but um, yeah, I think that's going to be a really big factor. And then part of that then, you know, becomes security and, and privacy and stuff like that and thinking about, okay, how do we make sure that these networks, these interconnected um, systems that we're building are secure and uh, not risks for people? And that's something, you know, I think 
you shared with me uh, a piece from Wired yesterday, Pat, yep. that talked about some of the security issues with these open inter- interconnected 5G APIs. And um, that's definitely a concern and something for people, uh, tech journalists and, and users to be critical of when thinking about 5G. The the documentary delves into a lot of the stuff you've mentioned, John. Like there's there's a whole segment on Area XO, which is this like facility. I don't I don't even really know how to describe it in a, in a better way other than that, where um, companies can come out come and test like different pie in the sky five G concepts. Like one of the segments is tied to autonomous vehicles, and there's all kinds of like this cool technology um, facilitated by five G that allows the cars to be autonomous. So there's a lot of examples of like some of the things that we've discussed over the course of this podcast that, that are in the 5G documentary. Um, and, and one of the things I want to get into in the next episode is like, what, where is 5G going in Canada? What does it mean for the average smartphone user? 3,500 megahertz, you've heard us mention that a bit. John explained it a, a little bit too. I want to get into that. Um, but for this particular episode, the last thing that I wanted to bring up, because it's something that like, I have friends who like, I don't know. They, they have cell phones, but they're not really interested in tech. Will like be like, when's 6G coming? Like, is 6G a real thing already, even when we don't have actual what I would consider real 5G in Canada? Or is 6G just something like that I get in my spam inbox in my email all, this, all the time? Like, I get pitches about it sometimes from like very shady PR agencies and stuff like that. Is it is it a real thing anywhere? Or is it just a bunch of crap? Uh, I get those pitches too. Um, I would say that 6G isn't really a thing yet. I'm sure, um, you know, companies are thinking about it and they're thinking beyond 5G into what's next. But I don't think we'll see any real significant moves with 6G until 5G is a little bit more mature. Um, In a lot of places, 5G is still relatively new. Um, It's only really seen wide deployments in the last few years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 4G has been around for what, like six, seven, eight years at this point where it's been like widely available in a lot of places. Um, so I would expect that 5G is still going to be the thing for the next several years easily. And probably the next thing we'll see is, you know, something like 5G advanced, which will probably be. Yeah. 5G, well, 5G plus, plus, plus is, is a, is a marketing no, I know. thing. But I know. 5 We're going to talk about that. Yeah, 5G advance would presumably be something like, you know, LTE was to 4G, um, where it's just continued evolution of the standard. Um, And 6G is probably many, many years away still at this point. Yeah, to answer your question, Bennett, some of the, we'll we'll get into it in the next episode, but some of the Canadian carriers have kind of branded their like 3,500 megahertz with like some sort of acronym after the 5G. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that shortly. I, th- that's a good place to wrap this episode up. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Syrupcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesyrup.com. Bennett, where can people find you? Just to sort of like unravel the mystery of why I left. <laughs> Flipping folds. So that's exciting nice, stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, we have a lot of least... coverage coverage on the flip and the fold on, on the site right now. I did the hands-on on the fold. Bennett did the hands-on on the flip. We have all kinds of coverage. I would I would honestly say that it's probably some of the best event coverage we've ever had on Mobile Syrup. So um, 
check it out. Even if this is coming out towards the end of August, go back, read all of our old content. Just, just give it a look. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. John. And yeah, you can wait. I didn't get to put my hand. Oh yeah. You didn't do it yet. <laughs> go, go for it. I'm wasting time, but you can find me anywhere online at the Brad fad. You can check out all the videos, all the things Pat's talking about on mobilesyrup.com and our YouTube channel. Um, our Instagram has been kind of kicking around a little bit lately too. So make sure to give that a follow at mobile syrup as well. John, sorry. On to you. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J O N underscore L A M O N T. Uh, and you can also find me on the website, mobilesyrup.com where I write about carriers and 5g and other stuff. All, all the best. The, the traffic driving stories, if you will. Yes. Yes. I, I, I wanted to bring it up too that John's name in the app we're recording today is 5j. Um, which I'm saying, I'm assuming stands for the fifth John, maybe. Yeah. It's his, it's his, um, he's a, he's a father now. So it's the fifth generation of John. Yeah. Yeah. It's his, it's his new wireless technology. <laughs> okay. And as, as always, you can find all of our content at mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobile syrup. Thanks for listening. See you guys around. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.